Hey guys, meteorologist Sarah Spivey here, one half of the Whatever the Weather podcast duo. Uh, The other half is Katie Blake, and you'll hear her voice in just a moment here on the podcast, but just wanted to introduce things for you. We are meteorologists. We are women on television as well, and so we wanted to talk about weather first and foremost, certain types of weather, historical events, and of course what our lives are like on television as well. Today's episode is all about freezing rain. Hope you enjoy. We're recording. We are recording. Our first podcast. This is wild. (laughs) Okay, so for those of you guys who don't know who we are, I'm Sarah. And I'm Katie. (laughs) Sarah Spivey. And KBZ, Katie Blake. Katie Blake. Katie Blake. KBZ. Um, and we are creating this podcast, Whatever the Weather, because we are both meteorologists down in San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio. Right. We work for a TV station <laughs> called uh, KSAT, not KSIT, not K Run Around, but KSAT. <laughs> KSAT. KSAT. Yeah. It's a groovy place. Yeah, and we uh, do the weather there, and we stand in front of a green screen, and aside from that, we are actually bona fide scientists, right? Yes. I'm pretty sure we are. (laughs) We are. We are scientists. We are cat moms, too. Yeah, we're currently sitting in my apartment with my cat, Nora, looking aloofly off in the distance. And, you know, I'm not ashamed to say, we're also drinking some nice red wine. It's very nice. (laughs) It's very nice. After a long day of work. So, yeah, we created this podcast, and we want to uh, open it up to you guys because we want to explore weather phenomena and exactly the science behind it, historical events of each weather phenomena, and, or phenomenon, I'm saying that wrong. Phenomena is the plural. Oh, phenomena. Boom, boom, boom. It's a weird word. It is, but you know, hey, we want to talk about the weather, and we think that you all want to hear about the weather as well. I think so. I mean, we talk about it on TV every day. Yeah, and this kind of gives, and what's interesting is, and I think when we inquire with the audience about things that they would like to hear more about, it typically always is some sort of explainer or why does why does this happen mm. even if it's not necessarily happening with our weather in south texas i think people enjoy learning something but we don't always have the time to do that no we don't <laughs> <laughs> which is something maybe we can you know share about tv is that we only have a certain amount of time to give our forecast and depending on what's happening that usually leaves no time to do additional explainers yeah exactly so we usually get maybe about three minutes to do the weather and we have to fill up a lot of that time with hey what actually is the high temperature going to be tomorrow Mm -hmm. or on sunday and we don't get to go into the nitty-gritty of what (laughs) the science behind each weather uh thing that happens and so it at the time of recording this it's january in south texas Needless to say, we do not get very many snow events, do we? No. No. We do, however, get icing that happens every now and then, Mm -hmm. right? I think it was about a year ago uh, today, in fact, that we got some ice in San Antonio. And guys, the whole city shuts down when there's a little bit of ice on the ground. It's insane. It was wild. I remember I had to, you were working all that morning Mm -hmm. and I was coming in to help 
one of our colleagues do the nighttime shows, the evening shows. And so when I was driving in to the city about due in the afternoon, I mean, there were there was no one on the roads except right. me, maybe two other dumb people <laughs> that were trying to get around, and then law enforcement. Yeah, that's that about it. We're sitting and not, you know, blocking off ramps and overpasses. And mind and, you, this was for less than a tenth of an inch of ice. I think it was about eight hundredths of an inch of ice, yeah. but, but it really did affect the roads. I mean, I was at an overpass. When Katie says I came in in the morning and worked in the morning, <laughs> I woke up at two o'clock in the morning yeah. and went out there. We were in a place in northern San Antonio where there's an overpass, and sure enough, a, a trailer jackknifed, all because of eight hundredths of an inch of ice. Mm-hmm. So what we thought we would do today is talk a little bit more about what freezing rain or ice is, mm-hmm. and how it happens, and some historic, interesting events yes. that happen. All right, so let's do it. Let's get down to it. So freezing rain is interesting because it's not sleet, right? It's not snow. Mm-hmm. It's actually made entirely of supercooled liquid raindrops. Liquid raindrops. Mm-hmm. So it's not like those little ice pellets that yeah. fall on the ground, right? So supercooled water is actually water that stays a liquid below 32 degrees Fahrenheit, which is the freezing point, or for our international listeners, zero degrees Celsius. <laughs> and a lot of people, though, they don't understand, like, how can this be? How can you get water that is liquid below 32 degrees Fahrenheit? Mm-hmm. This was a conundrum for me when I was at school. Did you ever feel that way, Katie? Oh, yeah. All of this stuff, the whole winter precipitation, you know. It's interesting. Snow, sleet, freezing. It is it is interesting, and the way that it forms is just mind-boggling. It is. It is mind-boggling. So I wanted to start with how liquid water can actually exist below 32 degrees Fahrenheit. So liquid water begins to change phase when uh, to a solid when the molecules crystallize. So kind of like rock candy. Have you did, did you ever in school do the sugar water? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's an idea of that sugar water crystallizing forming sugar. It goes from a liquid sugar water to a hard solid actual sugar rock candy. So liquid water begins to change phase to a solid when the molecules become structured rigid and fit together like a puzzle piece. So this can start to actually happen at 32 degrees Fahrenheit. If it's warmer than that, it won't, it won't start to change phase. But there are many examples of water staying liquid well below the freezing point. In fact, according to my research, I found some documented cases of negative 55 degrees Fahrenheit. There was still liquid. Wow. Yeah. So just to let you guys know, um, I am a fan of Wikipedia. I am. I know that's not the scientific way to think, but I'm actually a fan of Wikipedia because they cite their sources. It's helpful. They cite their sources, and Mm -hmm. so I was able to go through all these different sources and figure that out. So even some documented cases of 55 below Fahrenheit, there has existed liquid water. So in order to start that crystallization uh, process, there has to be a nucleus or 
and a piece of particle in the atmosphere mm-hmm. that that liquid water can connect to mm-hmm. and develop off of and start to shift into a solid. This is why we call them cloud condensation nuclei when they're that tiny little pieces of microscopic dust in the atmosphere that float around. This is why there can exist cirrus clouds. Right? Cirrus clouds, Katie, are made completely of... <clears throat> Ice crystals. Ice crystals. <laughs> and they're high up in the atmosphere where it's well below freezing. So they start to uh, really start to freeze. And so every time you look up and you see those wispy cirrus clouds, know they're made of ice crystals. But in the case of freezing rain, the nucleus is the contact of the freezing raindrop on a surface. So by it hitting like a power line Mm -hmm. or a street or even a leaf, that's what starts the shift. Yeah. I just snapped. That's what starts the shift into a solid. Uh, So uh, again, whenever the droplet hits, it instantly causes all of the molecules of H2O, hydrogen, dihydrogen oxide. Fancy. It's not fancy. All right. H2O <laughs> to freeze and become solid ice. So this is why you get, you know, glazing of ice on power lines. This is why you get downed power lines uh, and dangerous ice forming there. So there needs to be enough uh, warm air in the atmosphere to actually melt the uh, rain as it falls down. And keep mm-hmm. it, keep it liquid. So you know how... Um, what a lot of viewers or listeners may not know, I said viewers because I know. I'm on, it's going to be tricky. <laughs> what a lot of our listeners don't know is that rain actually often starts to fall as snow before it hits the ground yeah. because it's so high up in the atmosphere where it's well below freezing. Mm-hmm. So that has to stay warm. The atmosphere has to stay warm in order for that snow to completely melt into rain. The trick is it has to be freezing right at the surface. Mm-hmm to cool the water, to super cool the water, keeping it liquid, but keeping it below 32 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, And that's where you get that small layer of freezing rain. That's the Goldilocks zone. And what will allow for us to see freezing rain rather than sleet. Yeah. Because what sleet is, or little ice pellets, what sleet is, is it freezes completely before it hits the ground. It has to have enough time to yeah. latch onto those nuclei in the atmosphere to start the, uh, the crystallization process. Okay. So if that layer is small enough, you're going to have that magic, liquid, super cooled water until it hits the surface and instantly freezes. Cool? That's very cool. What do you think? Do you think I explained that well enough? I do. I th- I, th- like I said, this was just so mind-boggling to me because it's, you know, degrees make the difference. They do. Just a couple can make a difference. And so that's why these forecasts are tricky. They're very tricky. To forecast for freezing rain rather than sleet or even to snow, that's where a lot of a meteorologists really run into trouble I think it sometimes that's a big and we since we don't deal with this much down here in South Texas that's <laughs> something that I you know I'm not ashamed to say that a couple of times a year if that that we run into the possibility of some ice or something like that I pull out my notes over this stuff. oh you did yeah because it's we don't you know we don't use that muscle every day and so sometimes for I just like to double check like when we had the event a year ago I kind of had to just double check myself. right and we'll go back to our like 
<laughs> college school books, honestly, to look at some of the science behind this because it is, it's definitely something that we don't deal with every day. But something interesting about super cooled water, Katie, have you seen those YouTube videos of like a water bottle that's super cooled? and then he'll hit the edge of it and it'll start to freeze. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay, so yes. that's exactly what super cooled water is like. That's exactly what happens with freezing rain. So you can actually do an experiment at home with this. That's cool. Yeah, so purified water, like in the water bottle, doesn't have as many impurities or those nuclei that it could latch onto to start to freeze. Mm -hmm. So that's why water bottle is really perfect. Uh, and the, you put it in the freezer and you pop it in the freezer for only about two and a half hours, okay? Because if you do a little bit longer than that, it gives the water particles a little bit longer time to latch onto those impurities and okay. start to form ice. So take it out at two and a half hours, pop the end of it, and then you'll watch it grow and start to form ice out of nowhere. It's the coolest thing. There's tons of YouTube videos on this. We're gonna try to show you links to those YouTube yeah. videos and stuff like that. Uh, and okay. So, like we were saying, right, mm -hmm. we don't see that much freezing rain here no. in San Antonio. No, in South Central Texas. You go up to the north and you see a lot of it, but Katie, this thing was shocking to me. I didn't even realize, I'm gonna take a sip of wine, sorry. This is a really important concept. <laughs> okay, so, I didn't realize this. Freezing rain really only occurs east of the Rockies. That makes sense. You, but, but think about it. Okay, think of Colorado mm -hmm. in the wintertime. What do you think about? Snow. Utah in the wintertime. Snow. Snow. Yeah. Okay. But those areas are west of the Rockies. They never really get freezing rain events. They don't get ice. They only get snow. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It's just cold enough? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. It's cold enough from top to bottom mm -hmm. for it to stay snow. They don't get those shallow layers of cold air like we do here. Yeah. So if you're in Colorado, if you're in Utah, you don't really have to worry about ice on the road. You have to worry about snowpacks and huge things like that, but you really don't have to worry about ice. Uh, the one exception is up near the Cascades in Washington state. And that's interesting, and I'll tell you a reason why. Um, I'm going to tell our listeners about a phrase that they may not know much about. And I'm not cussing. This is a very nice podcast that is uh, kid-friendly. We yes. use a lot of friggins. We use a lot of dangs. But we're not going <laughs> to use anything it. else. So I'm not cussing. The phrase is called cold air damning. Yes. Yeah. Cold okay. Cad. Good Think old of cab. yeah, cold air damming cab. Okay. <laughs> Think about a, a dam uh, on a river. And what happens is cold air will sink and it will get caught or wedged or dammed against the mountains because the mountains are so tall, right? They're thousands and thousands of feet. So that mm -hmm. cold air will get wedged at the surface there or dammed at the surface there. And that's where we'll get oftentimes storms riding over that and it'll form ice down okay. at the surface because there's that cold dense air right at the surface and we don't really have mountains here in texas right well we do off in el paso but you know yeah. we don't have <laughs> mountains in san antonio we have hills so the way that we usually get freezing rain events is because of warm fronts mm -hmm. right can you guess why katie we got that warm can you guess because of the, you on the spot. 
because of the why why do we get freezing rain events? Yeah, warm fronts because warm of the fronts. the warm air wedge. Yeah, right? I wish you guys could see Katie. She's like doing a wave with her hand. Yeah. I get so nervous. I no, like... no, no, you got it. You got it. We ad lib for life, people. Okay. Uh, you get the warm air rising over the cold air at the surface. That's what a warm front is. And when you get the warm air rising over the cold air and you get a warm front moving through, that usually comes with some sort of precipitation. Mm-hmm. And if it's cold enough at the surface, like it is in the wintertime, like it is outside right now here in San Antonio, you'll get ice. So we can get mm-hmm. ice here in South Central Texas. You can get ice in Florida. A lot of us have seen those pictures of those poor orange trees covered Aww. in ice and their crop is ruined and it's the worst. Not the but worst. we can get some ice here. So, uh, yeah, that's a quick summary on the science behind it. What do you feel, Katie? What are you thinking? What do I feel? What are you thinking? I feel great. I think that was a great explanation. Great explanation without being able to get visuals. Well, that's the thing. It's a podcast, so I hope you could listen along. We're also going to have visuals available for you on our Instagram page, Whatever the Weather Pod. And of course, on ksat.com and all those kinds of things. So we'll have visuals for you. But if you're driving and you're just listening. <laughs> Sorry. No Sorry. Visuals. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a great explanation. And like I was saying, it's just so that sleet, snow, such a fine line. Yeah. And it's literally, it be, it's the freezing line. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's, yeah, it can be a challenge to forecast sometimes. Well, I think Katie has, you have some... I have my secret paper. Oh, this is hilarious. So Katie was in charge of coming up with historic events or uh, like significant events. And I was in charge of the science behind it. So I go into work one day and I see Katie click, 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 click. She is like vigorously researching on the computer. She has printed off scientific articles and is highlighting them. I think this perfectly describes our personalities. I was trying to do too much. I, I fell into the hole of, because I was trying to find big, you know, historical events or notable events. And I wanted to make sure that the information was legit. So that I got sucked into the hole of college again of, you know, looking at articles, peer reviewed articles and all that stuff. And so, yes, I, Sarah pulled me out of the hole because I was getting way too deep. <laughs> what and did I tell you? I, I don't, you were just like, why are you citing sources for the podcast i was doing a lot i was gonna end up with a work cited page at the end of the day oh my gosh right but for who for, well, for who wants the work cited it page? is important <laughs> for us to cite our sources yes. and to give credit where credit is due however we are not in college anymore and <laughs> i know our bosses will not be citing our sources for us but that being said katie where is some of the information some of the all right so you and you kind of touched on this about where it happens mm-hmm. um and i'll just briefly something that i found what was interesting so one article freezing rain and freezing rain maxima so where it like occurs that. most of uh-huh. or where it occurs mostly mm-hmm. 
is in the Midwest, east of the Appalachian Mountains, and in the upper northeast. So the Appalachian Mountains, that goes along with what you were talking about. Oh, totally. The cold air damming. The cold air damming. In the Midwest, I think that kind of makes sense because when we get the low pressure systems, they come off the Rockies. Those tend to produce a good amount of wintry precipitation in in the Midwest, kind of on the northern side of those lows. Mm -hmm. As the cold air wraps around, they can, if the setup is right, they can get a good amount of ice. Yeah, because here in the States, I mean, we pull a lot of that cold air from Canada, from Mm -hmm. the Arctic, uh, and so that does make a lot of sense. Yeah, and then on a similar note, up in the uh, the upper northeast, that's what this article cited, which I believe they're talking about the the, um, low pressure systems that kind of skim along the east coast and bomb out. Oh, like nor'easters. Yeah, yeah. Um, So the nor'easters that you know, can bomb out over the water, yeah. drop down, and pressure very quickly become really strong. Those typically are big wind events and also precip events. So that's where the freezing rain maxima occurs in the United States. The minima occur in the west and then cool. the south, which makes perfect sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a verification of our research. Verified. We both came to this <laughs> conclusion individually. <laughs> Here's something I thought was interesting. The U.S. experiences two freezing rain events on average each year. The U.S.? Which seems low. That seems really low. However, they they classified this article, the author was Houston, they classified an event as having to, the ice had to accumulate to a certain amount and Do last for a certain amount? amount of time. I, I don't remember the amount, but the, the duration was, I think it was long... Less than six hours or something well, like that. Well, that makes Between sense. Between one and six hours. I guess that makes sense, two of them being around the nation at that time, yeah. especially if there's a lot of ice, because like our eight hundredths of an inch of ice last year yeah. probably didn't count that much. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was impactful though. That's yeah, interesting how that's did true. different parts of the country impacted way differently. The Northeast, though, was the most frequently hit. Makes sense. For sure. All right. Let's talk another interesting fact before we get into the notable events. I thought this was kind of staggering, actually. And this is from 1949 to the year 2000. So we're missing some time there, but I couldn't find a more We're missing a more recent 19 stat. years. <laughs> I couldn't find a more recent stat, okay? That's okay. But, and you can imagine that this number will be bigger. The total property losses from 1949 to 2000 due to freezing rain. billion. My goodness. And that makes sense because you think about the way that freezing rain affects us Mm -hmm. just in general. Water is heavy. Ice is heavy. And you get two inches of ice over, you know, 50 square miles. You're talking down power lines. You're talking, uh, you know... uh, Problems with cars on the roadways, getting off the road, hitting buildings. I mean, crazy. Icicles falling. Poking your eye out. Poking your eye out. <laughs> it can wreak havoc on infrastructure. And in some of these events, the the damage totals are, are staggering because it, yeah, like you said, it, electricity, transportation, mm-hmm. people can't get to work and ripple effect, right? Yeah, exactly. We kind of saw it that one day here in San Antonio. It was just... No, you know, buses can't drive, so nobody's going to school. So what are you going to do with your your children? If they can't go to school, you you may not be able to go to work. Miss out on work. Yeah, Yeah, all that stuff. 
All right, notable events. I don't know why. This is this was the mood I was in when I was you citing. You said notable events. When I was citing things, notable events. So I love I love Katie to death, <laughs> but this exactly describes the way that we are. Katie says notable events. I would have been like super cool, awesome, rad things <laughs> rad, that happened. Rad uh, ice storms. <laughs> you can call it whatever you want. All right, Thank I'm gonna you. go. <laughs> Let me make sure. Yes. Okay. So I've got to go from bottom to top. All right. So what a do you lot mean of, by that? Bottom to top. I did the most destructive first. Oh, I see. I did it backwards. Okay. Okay. So we're gonna start from bottom to top. So okay. number four, this was via the the Weather Channel. They actually had a really great article about some of the big ice freezing rain events all through history. It was very well written, pictures the whole thing. So several of these come from the Weather Channel's article, awesome. which is awesome. Okay, number four. This ice storm, January 2000, in Atlanta. Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. Very similar in climate to San Antonio, I would say. Yeah. yeah. So they get, they're close enough to water, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Gets warm, gets humid. $48 million in damage in January of 2000. Now, what's interesting about the timing here, timing is everything, this is when Atlanta was hosting the Super Bowl Ooh. in 2000. So it, to quote, messed up Super Bowl festivities big time because on Saturday, the day before the game, the roads were too hazardous for either of the teams to travel. So they couldn't get from their hotel to the Georgia Dome. Oh I, I think that's correct, the Georgia Dome, to play or to practice for the Super Bowl. And I'm not sure what happened with the Super Bowl, but it was also noted that Atlanta has not been given a Super Bowl bid since then. <laughs> it's gone to places like Houston yeah. and places in Florida. <laughs> so this, I think, was an issue. Cause, because, like, infrastructure. Can you yeah. imagine you have all these people in town for this event? And, and local economy, too. Yeah, they were counting Thanks. on that money. Yeah. So... That was a big one in January of 2000. We'll go back in time a little bit more. This was number three, also via the Weather Channel. February 9th through 13th, 1994. Four days. Yeah. And this was a far-reaching system. This affected the following states. Listen to this. Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia. So I guarantee you... And I would double check this, but this is one of those lows. Comes off the Rockies is just spitting ice, spinning, yeah. yeah, taking a little bit of that moisture from the Gulf of Mexico. But mm-hmm. there must have been some some cold air at the surface, warm front. Yeah, yeah. interesting. And that caught over all of those states caused three billion dollars in damage. Oh my gosh! So we quickly jumped from forty eight million to three billion dollars. Do you have any like numbers on how much ice actually fell at times? No, that's okay. That's okay. Sorry, put me on the spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sure it was a lot of ice. It had to have been, yeah. I mean, it it had to be a couple inches of ice. When you think about, in some places, the power lines going down, things like that. Because if you get yeah. um, like a tenth of an inch of ice, you're not going to see a power line down. But that's isn't it a quarter of an inch that it starts to get tricky? Oh my gosh. We it open it, ourselves up. It, I think Whoops, it's sorry, a quarter of an inch of ice where it's, you could start to lose tree limbs. Okay, I'm going to look that up while you tell, continue. Okay, I'll continue. 
Next event. This is this is a big one. Uh, 1998, January of 1998. So there is kind of a theme here. January, February. Yeah, right. This was in the northeastern United States and southern Canada. So we're going international here again. This affected 3 million people. Caused... They were, sorry, sorry. In Canada, they were watching the thermometer to make sure it was at zero degrees Celsius. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please note the temperature conversion. <laughs> so 3 million people affected, both in the United States and Canada. 44 fatalities. Wow. In both countries, four point four billion dollars in damage, and that's including the U.S. and in Canada. So this affected obviously the far northeastern portion of the U.S. Eighty percent of Maine's population lost power. Eighty percent for some period of time. Yeah, that's crazy. That's via the Weather Channel. Also via the Weather Channel, the forty-four deaths in both countries, the oh U.S. and Canada. And again, infrastructure. This same storm affected. 25 million acres of forest, primarily in Canada. So they lost a ton of money right, because, because their maple they oh and apple gosh. trees just destroyed. And they can't take on the weight of the ice. So, again, speaking of the Weather Channel, I was looking this up. How much, <laughs> how so much ice do you need to um, uh, end up downing a power line? Ice can increase the weight of branches by 30 times. A half-inch accumulation on power lines can add 500 pounds of extra weight. And that's... That's mm -hmm. half an inch. Yeah. So, I know that we, you know, we're meteorologists, but we got to look this stuff up sometimes because we just, we're, we're southern meteorologists. Keep that in mind. So, <laughs> side note, last Friday at a school talk, yeah, we talk about the sun, you know, high points. It's a star. It's far away, but it powers our weather, yeah. and the surface is 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm -hmm. And at the end, I had good questions. You know, I was answering them all, because kids make me nervous, because you don't know what they're going to ask. No, you don't. And Sometimes they ask us how much we get paid, which is a great <laughs> question. <laughs> it's a whole podcast. Um, and, and I got asked, how hot is the center of the sun? Which is something that we were taught yeah, at, at some, some point. point along the way, right? But I had no idea. <laughs> and so my armpits start sweating. And I'm up here in front of these teachers and kids. Oh, no. And I'm like, I don't know. And so I pulled my phone out. <laughs> and I'm like, can we look it up? And the teachers were like, yeah. Because I don't think anybody knew. Nobody shouted out the answer. So I looked it up. 27 million degrees, which is a lot. I, a lot. I was guessing 500,000. Something like, something no, 27 like 27 million. 27 million. Well, now you'll never forget that. No. So again, we are scientists. We are smart, but we do not know everything. And so even when we do our research, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess all that to say, we like to think we're smart. <laughs> There's always more to learn. There's, There's always, always more, more to, learn. to learn. Anyway. Okay. So, so that was number three. Yeah. So one last point on that. So I think this is the most oh, that interesting. That was number two. Sorry. The forest damage that that one did, 25 million acres. They compared that tree damage to... The same damage that a hurricane did there in 1938. And I could not find the name of that particular hurricane. But it would have been a, you know, northerly U.S. landfalling hurricane. But they compared the damage that that hurricane did to the vegetation. The ice did almost the same thing. 
That's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, half an inch, 500 pounds. That's so crazy. That was 1998. Okay. This is from... This is number one. From what right? I could tell, yes, the most... This is what everyone regards as the worst ice storm ever. But there's very limited information on it because it happened in 1956. Mm. So this is... The longest lasting ice event where it was just solid precipitation for two days from the 13th to the 15th okay. of January in 15, 1956. And this was in Caribou, Maine. Lasted 49 hours. Oh my gosh. 49 uh, two hours. Two days in one hour. Yeah. So that's the longest lasting event. And it was from the pictures I saw that we'll share on the podcast, it was just power lines down easily you know yeah trees houses damaged things like that but there was kind of limited information on that because the event was a little bit older well yeah and i mean okay so that's within our parents lifetime mm-hmm. 56 this is something also to note meteorology and the science and the technology around meteorology has increased at an exponential mm-hmm. rate Night 56, it was difficult to forecast anything. We didn't have satellites in this. Well, we had one satellite in the sky, but we didn't have a lot of satellites in the sky. We didn't even, we hadn't gone to the moon yet. Okay. But now technology has super increased and we can actually forecast with a lot better accuracy. Many people don't believe us and they still give me that stupid joke of, (laughs) oh, you're the person who could be wrong 75% of the time and keep your job. (laughs) No. That's not true. No. <laughs> but we have seen technology increase. Well, thank you, Katie. That was so interesting. You're welcome. appreciate it. It was fun to look that up. I'm glad you cited your sources with such vigor. I'm, you know, in college, I had the, you know, fear of God instilled in me that, you know, if you didn't cite everything correctly. You don't want to plagiarize. You, you don't want to be, be kicked out. You were done. Don't want to be kicked we're out. Done, oh, speaking though. of college, where did you go to college? College. I went to Texas Tech in Lubbock, which we stink at football, but we are really good at <laughs> basketball. We're like number eight in the country, which is cool. They got a game tonight. Looking forward to that. But I went there for my bachelor's degree and then to Mississippi State for my master's See, degree. See, she's smart. She's got a master's. <laughs> Depends on the day. <laughs> that was the hardest thing I've done, to be quite honest. It was worth it. I would do it again in a heartbeat. And then you worked in the business while you were in school for your master's, right? Yeah. My second year of grad school, I was fortunate enough to be able to work weekend mornings in Jackson, Mississippi. So I would drive down from school on Friday, work weekend mornings, drive back up to school Sunday. Neato. And that was good. It's always good to have more experience no totally because <laughs> i was not very good well and what p- many people don't realize is that um well i went to texas a&m university gig um, hey you said gig i have got I that have... on record <laughs> well we're not in the same conference anymore so it's fine. okay that's fine <laughs> um and what many people don't realize is that we really just study the science of meteorology we don't really study too much of how to get up on camera yeah and be all glamorous. Uh, we have to learn that through internships or through working like Katie did at uh, while she was in school. Uh, and so, yeah, four years of school at Texas A&M, got my degree, and started off in a small station in Denison-Sherman, Texas, which is north of Dallas. 
and south of the Red River. So very small station. Then moved to San Antonio, my hometown. Got to work at KSAT. It's pretty awesome. to transition from talking about the weather of freezing rain in particular uh, to interesting that things that have happened to us in the world of TV weather this week and I'll let Katie go first. Katie, did anything interesting happen to you? What happened? This week? This week. Well, I think the most interesting thing probably was Sunday night. I had got over the past, since I've been at KSAT, which has been, what, like a year and a half now? Almost two years, dude. I looked it up. It's flown by. Almost two years. Almost two It'll years. It'll be two years in April. Wow. Yep. Because we got hired on at the same time. Girl power. Girl power. Girl power. Um, over, the, well, since I started at KSAT, and Sarah and I both work on the weekends. She works weekend mornings, and I work in the evenings, and... I had tried to really get in the habit of doing Sunday night Facebook Lives just to give people a look at the week ahead. People are generally on Facebook. You know, if you're hanging out before you go to bed Sunday yeah. night, you're on, you're scrolling, catching up, getting ready for the week, whatever it might be, email. So I tried to start Facebook Lives Sunday nights just to kind of give people a look at the week ahead. And it kept it going for a while, but I guess maybe fall of last year... I got kind of burnt out on it, and I. Th- it what was, made you get burned out? That's the thing that yeah I want to know. It was. It was I was having a hard time dealing with, some of the comments that would come across there. Oh yeah, because yep. Facebook Live is great. It's, it's a wonderful tool, especially during severe weather. Mm-hmm. It's invaluable during severe yeah, weather. Yeah, because we can let people know exactly what's happening at that time, if especially if they don't have a yeah. TV channel, right? Yeah. And we have to follow these rules about commercial breaks and stuff like that. So oftentimes we can't even break in mm-hmm. uh, to tell them about severe weather. So like you were saying, yeah, it, it is invaluable during severe weather events, Facebook Live. It's, it's one of my favorite things. And it also because it gives you a chance to connect with people who mm-hmm. watch you every day and follow you on Facebook. Yeah. And I like that part of it. But a- along with that, it's kind of a double-edged sword. It gives people the opportunity to say things and, you know, they maybe aren't necessarily the most professional, may even make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, uncomfortable, unwanted advances. Yes. I think. Of the romantic and or sexual nature yeah. which is not why i'm on facebook live i'm on facebook live trying to give you your forecast <laughs> for the week right that's exactly right it's a weird reason for you to be on facebook yeah <laughs> so i kind of really got burnt and it wasn't only the unwanted advances that was a big part of it but it was also you know sometimes i think people can say things and they don't they don't realize that really comes off as kind of rude or mean-spirited mm-hmm. and if my eyebrows are uneven or people have said that to you oh a lot I don't know what it is about my eyebrows but well I'm looking at your eyebrows and they are gorgeous right now it's just it's just better than superficial things that don't matter 
but there's something about when you're live and mm-hmm. these things, you know, I usually don't acknowledge them, but even if you read them, it kind of gets to you. It does. And I'm trying to carry on this conversation about the weather, but I'm having to read all this stuff about your eyebrows, your hair. It's rough. Makeup, whatever it may be. And so I think I just kind of wanted to take a break. And so that's why you got burnt out from Facebook Live. I, th- I think so. And so you started it again recently. Yeah, I picked it back up the past few weeks. So I did one this past Sunday. And it was it was really, you know, great. We were moving along and then the comments started to come in. The very actually kind of vulgar comments this time, more so than previously yeah you know i saw these comments and again because we're a kid-friendly podcast i won't repeat what they were but they were very explicit and ugly to look at and yeah plus katie and i are good friends so i i really wanted to be like shut up (laughs) (laughs) from the back of the room stop Yeah. yeah uh so but what was different about this week for whatever reason and i'm not gonna question it a lot of people kind of stepped in mm. and addressed those inappropriate comments, mm. you know, and say, would say, hey, X, she's trying to do her job. She's a professional. Leave her alone. Yeah. That, that was like the theme of this week's Facebook Live. Not that I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be about the weather. But yeah. what kind of people kind of took and ran with is, you know, they would call out the people that, I, you know, people are asking questions. People have genuine concern about the forecast for the week. And then, you know, every now and then is a comment that means nothing yeah. and is not relevant to the conversation that's being but had. But people were standing up for you, and that's that's really beautiful. Yeah, and that, that was so helpful. And I tried to go back after the Facebook Live was over and comment and say, you know, thank you. Oh, yeah. That means, that means a lot. And so it... It was. It made me feel good because some people, a lot of people get it. They do. And that's the thing too. It's like, I we know. Okay, so I almost got emotional with you saying that because, first of all, I get emotional about everything. But, true. True. <laughs> but it really is, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Mm-hmm. People who don't think will say something horrible and mean and um, sexual... But more, the majority of people are kind. The majority of people are wonderful. Mm-hmm. We just hear the comments of people who don't have that switch in their brain yeah. to be normal, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and don't say these things. So I'm glad that you had kind of like a redemptive um, process with that. Yeah. And that's just Facebook Live. Let me tell you guys. <laughs> Much more people watch us on TV and, you know, email us or things. There are so many platforms. There are so many platforms for for grossness. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously. Yeah, yeah. But that was was kind of the highlight of my week. I think it kind of turned that around for me. And it'll it'll come in waves, right? It will. Here's, you know, to say that next week all the nice people are already asleep by the time I get on. (laughs) That would be sad. But I'll be there, Katie. That was comment and on your side thank you your eyebrows are so great i did look at them today and i think there's i think they've been shaped wrong no, no one no, no. is let's stop shh 
They look great. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what about you? What happened this? Well, this is your Friday. This is my Friday. So you're whoop, wrap, whoop. you're fresh off of a week. What, yeah. What went Wednesday down? is my Friday. Woo. <laughs> woot woot. Um. Yeah. So it was a good week. I mean, there were the occasional comments, like you said, but I was used to them. The thing that I found most challenging this week on television was actually the forecast. Mm -hmm. So we do really well forecasting, I think, as a team, as a whole. But the weather pattern this week was just weird. And there was nothing that really signified, oh man, there's gonna be a lot of rain today. We like to call it, in meteorology terms, we like to call it a, a dirty flow, <laughs> which <Hey> sounds <laughs> weird. But it just basically means there's not a huge low pressure system that's going to come by. There's not a big blocking high pressure system that's going to keep things dry. It was just somewhere in the middle and it's hard for the, our forecasting uh, models to see exactly what's going to happen. So I really like my forecast to be super accurate within two degrees if possible, but this week it was just difficult and there were a couple of days where I was off by about mm -hmm. five degrees, uh, which may not seem like much, but again, we're constantly fighting that joke of you, you're can be wrong 75% of the time and keep your job. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that's what happened to me in the world of weather this week. Nothing crazy in terms of uh, unwanted advances or things like that, that's which good. I was grateful for. That's good. So that's awesome. Yeah, some weeks are quiet. Some weeks are quiet. Well, Katie, this has been fun. <laughs> this, this has been really fun. This is our first podcast. This is really fun. About freezing rain. And what's cool, because we were talking to our producer, Mario, at KSAT about oh, yeah. this. Shout out, shout out Mario. Thank you. Yeah, for getting us hooked up with all of this stuff. I I, I assumed there was going to be like a whole setup here, but this is just... No, it's just a little baby little mic. Mm -hmm. I see why podcasting is a thing. No. It is a thing. It's awesome. Um, but I was telling him that, I mean, there's so much we can talk about as far as the weather is concerned. Yeah, and we, we have a couple of ideas, but we want to know what you guys want to know about. Uh, specifically, you know, weather phenomena that happens, uh, and we'll talk about the science behind it, historical events, our week in meteorology, broadcast meteorology, uh, but anything. And you can always reach out to us at spivey at ksat.com or... Oh, sorry, I'm swallowing. Kblake at ksat.com. <laughs> Kblake at ksat.com. <laughs> Or ksat.com, you know, you can look at our emails there. We've got that Instagram page. Uh, yeah, you can find us on whatever Instagram. Whatever the weather pod. We're both really active on Instagram as we well. Are. We are. And I also want to give a quick shout out to Michael Bringardner for making the music for this podcast. Michael is awesome and also my boyfriend. Thank you, Michael. There it is. <laughs> thank you, Michael. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank and you. And remember to weather, weather the weather, whatever the weather. weather. <laughs> Good job. WWSKD. What would Sarah and Katie do? Yes, we're it's equating ourselves catchy. to no. WWJG. No. <laughs> okay. And ending podcast. Bye now.